Welcome to the Rush Hour Podcast. Sit back and relax or hop on the treadmill for the next hour as we talk Saskatchewan Rush Lacrosse. Every month, Jake Elliott will talk with Saskatchewan players, coaches, executive and team personnel about all things Rush Lacrosse. And now, the host of the Rush Hour Podcast, Jake Elliott. Hey, what's going on, Rush Nation? Welcome to the Rush Hour Podcast, presented by Daytona Homes. An hour-long podcast specifically for Rush Nation, you, the fans of Saskatchewan Rush Lacrosse. We're calling it the Rush Hour. We'll be with you for the next hour. We're going to talk about the Rush. We're here for 60 minutes. Do the math. It's called the Rush Hour. I am Jake Elliott. I will be your host, and we're going to bring this podcast to you once a month and kind of recap what has happened over the past month and maybe a little bit of a look ahead to the month that comes. We're going to talk to a few people as well and our very first guest is going to be none other than Grandma Rush. We'll also talk to the head coach Derek Keenan and face-off guru, longtime member of the Saskatchewan Rush, Jeremy Thompson will come up later in the podcast as well. Big thanks uh, for joining us here. I am Jake Kelly. I mentioned that I am the host of the Rush Hour podcast and also the color commentator of the Saskatchewan Rush for the broadcast on BR Live. And so happy to be with you here. Excited for this opportunity and uh, happy that you have hopped on board to listen to the podcast. Uh, I've uh, got to be honest with you. This is my first podcast I've ever done by myself. So this is something new to me. And uh, let's just see how it goes. We'll... Get to Grandma Rush in a little bit here, along with Derek Keenan and Jeremy Thompson. But um, season well underway, let's say that. And Saskatchewan sits where they normally do at the top of the standings of the Western Division at 3-1. and one. Well, how did they get there? Let's talk about that, I suppose. As they started out the season in New England, taking on the New England Black Wolves at the Mohegan Sun Casino. And of course, not scheduled to be their first game as... We should maybe go back even further with that labor dispute that started off the National Lacrosse League season. Everything kind of got pushed back a little bit, including the home opener and the banner raising and the players getting their rings. We'll get to all that as well, but no trading camp really for a few players for Saskatchewan is Mike Messenger, Robert Church, and who's the one I'm missing right now? Ah, man. Nick Bielich, that's the guy, um, all held out at uh, a training camp. So those guys did not get into game action until it was go time, really. And and for Messenger and Church, they got in. Nick Bielich actually missing a game before he actually played in the home opener. So a few guys a little rusty going into that one, not a, not a very long training camp, and Fortunately, Saskatchewan in that one comes up a goal short. It was tied going into the fourth quarter. Uh, Evan Kirk stares down a penalty shot from Callum Crawford, but a little bit later, it was Steph LeBlanc that gets the two-goal lead, 12-10, and uh, a late goal from the rush, but that's as close as they come, 12-11 the final. And I don't think Derek Keenan was particularly happy with his team's performance in that one, said his defense wasn't great. And... As we know, or if you're new, Saskatchewan has kind of been notoriously slow starters. Not so much last year, but over the last three or four years, have kind of got a little bit slow out of the blocks. And uh, that was the case again in New England. Didn't play their best lacrosse game. But as we have kind of learned as the season has gone on, New England has been impressive. And uh, you got to give them full marks 
for that victory over Saskatchewan to open up their season at home. 12-11, the final in that one. So the rush would move on. Nick Bielich would sign a contract with Saskatchewan. So that meant all hands were on deck. And of course, Saskatchewan losing a few players, not only in the expansion draft, but Jeff Cornwell and Ryan Dilks taking the year off for personal commitments. And uh, that meant some holes to fill on the back end. Jordy Jones-Smith stepping into the lineup. They make a trade for Travis Cornwall as well. Both those guys have fit in nicely here with this rush defensive unit as they still have some tweaks to make and, and still kind of learning the system a little bit, but uh, those guys haven't looked out of place at all. And big shoes to fill, but I think they've done a nice job of that so far. We should also mention a new defensive coach on the Saskatchewan rush bench to start this year as well as Jimmy Quinlan stepping away from the rush bench and deciding to spend a little more time with his young family back in Sherwood Park, and I know Jimmy will probably be listening to this podcast. If he shouldn't, I'll be making sure that he does. Um, and I know the the boys miss Jimmy, Qu- Jimmy Q, I should say, and a big part of that coaching staff for a lot of time, and, and a player as well for the Rush franchise, uh, but making a family decision that uh, he need to step away, and Jeremy Talibi steps in, and he is a guy that is very familiar with Derek Keenan and the system that he likes to run. He spent time with them in Anaheim, in Portland, uh, even back in Edmonton for a little bit as well. So it's been a pretty smooth transition for Jeremy Talibi and Derek Keenan and that Saskatchewan Rush defense uh, with a new defensive coach coming in. And when you have veterans like Chris Corbeil and, and Kyle Rubish and the list goes on there in Saskatchewan that those guys can really kind of help the coach. The coach can help them and It's really a defense that uh, so many guys are familiar with that not a lot of change there uh, on the back end as far as, you know, changing up their system or anything like that. So 0-1 for Saskatchewan out of the gates. We talked about training camp. We talked about the player signings, the coaching changes, all of that. 0-1 to start out uh, with that one goal loss to the Black Wolves. They would move on and take on the San Diego Seals in their home opener uh, and a night that featured the banner going up to the rafters at Sastel Center, some season ticket holders presenting the rings to the players. And what made this night kind of neat is that, as I mentioned, this wasn't actually scheduled to be the home opener. That was supposed to take place back in December. This one actually taking place January 5th in Saskatchewan, and it comes against the Seals, and what makes that kind of neat is that five former Saskatchewan players are now members of San Diego, so they were actually there to accept their rings uh, before the game. Dan Dawson, Adrian Sorichetti, Tyler Carlson, Johnny Pearson, and of course I'm missing one guy that uh, his name will pop to me before too long, but um, kind kind of a neat thing how it all worked out, and those guys were able to be there. Tor Reinhold is the other guy. I told you it would come to me. Uh, so that was kind of neat and, and an excellent uh, presentation. They had Michael Buffer uh, do the intro. That was super cool. And uh, they had all the fireworks, the lights, the bells, the whistles all going. And, and it was a, a fabulous presentation to, to see those guys in the rings. Man, the rings. Those were something to behold. Uh, absolutely spectacular. Uh, to see those things. And 
What do the rush do? They go on and please the home crowd uh, with a 16-12 victory over the expansion San Diego Seals. Uh, an impressive night for Ben McIntosh. He puts up nine points, including five goals. Just missing the sock trick by a couple of tippy toes, as he was called in the crease on his sixth goal late in that game, and it was called back. But huge night for Ben McIntosh, who was off to a torrid pace to start the year. 27 points already for Mac through just four games. Do the math, just under seven points per game. Mark Matthews also tied with... Ben McIntosh, both of them sitting on 27 points. So M&M uh, have been deadly. McIntosh and Matthews so far through four games here for Saskatchewan. So no real surprise there, but on a on a super hot pace, we'll see if uh, it'll be fun to see if they can kind of keep that pace up through the remainder of the season. 16-12 to final Saskatchewan. Uh, it was tight for the first half, and then Saskatchewan kind of got on a run and pulled away from San Diego and they were never really able to kind of catch up. And uh, they send the home fans home happy on the home opener night, 16-12, the final over San Diego as they improved their record to 1-1. One and one. Next up was a home game in the newly branded Vancouver Warriors, a, a team that they had great success against last season going 3-0. and And that streak continued, uh, 14-10, the win for the rush over Vancouver. Um, it was kind of neat to be in Vancouver working radio side for Saskatchewan. That's where I'm from. That's where I reside in the province of BC. And, um, of course, working for the Warriors uh, over the last four or five years as the stealth, now working for the rush. It was kind of neat to go into Vancouver and be a member of the rush organization, working with Dave Thomas on, on the bull on radio side. Uh, that was a whole lot of fun. And another big night for Ben McIntosh in that one as the Rush go on to win 14-10. to And I don't know if the game was ever really that close. Saskatchewan jumping out to a 5-0 lead, chasing their former goaltender and Aaron Bold. Eric Penny came in and really kind of gave Vancouver life in that game. There was a point where it got back to 8-8 in that game, believe it or not. Vancouver battling all the way back to, to tie that game up at 8, but then Saskatchewan kind of put their foot down and pulled away in that game. They go on to win it 14-10. to As I mentioned, another big night for Ben McIntosh. Robert Church comes back into the lineup after not playing against San Diego as he picked up an injury in New England. And Church didn't score in that game, but he put up six assists. And Saskatchewan goes on to win 14-10. to They improve to 2-1, and win two games in a row. And then they get to head home the following week to take on the Rochester Nighthawks, which was a rematch of the NLL Cup. And you remember, if you don't remember, I'll remind you, Rochester going 2-0 and in the regular season against the Rush and forcing them to a third and deciding game in that best of three in the NLL Cup. Saskatchewan goes on to win game three. They hoist the championship trophy. So this is a bit of a rematch. Rochester coming in, losing two in a row, and kind of searching for their identity a little bit, I would say, for the Nighthawks, and probably still searching for their identity. Is The rush not particularly potent on the offensive end, but man, were they ever stout on the defensive end. Uh, 12-7, the final Saskatchewan in that one. Uh, 
Evan Kirk was sensational. The game was 6-5 at halftime for Saskatchewan. They go in to win 12-7. They only allow two goals in that second half. They only allowed one goal 5-on-5 five five against the Nighthawks, which is just incredible. So six uh, special teams goals there for the Nighthawks, but they can only muster seven uh, against Saskatchewan in a game that Derek Keenan said he was probably the most happy he's been. And Chemmer never really shows a whole lot of emotion. And we'll, we'll talk to him about this. But he said he was probably as happy as he's been all season for sure uh, with their defensive performance. And Evan Kirk didn't have to make a ton of stops in this game. But the ones that he did make, some of them were absolutely sensational. As Evan Kirk... Uh, Top of the standings as far as goaltending stats go, a goals against of an even 10.0 after four games and a save percentage of just under 800 at 796. And for me, Evan Kirk uh, has really been a nice nice start to his season here and a guy that I think is going to get some consideration come September at the World Championships for Team Canada. I think you really have to put Evan Kirk in the conversation on when you're picking the goaltenders for Team Canada because he's been that solid. Of course, coming off another Man Cup victory in the summertime as well. So to recap, once again, a 12-11 loss to start the year to New England. Then they beat San Diego 16-12. They beat Vancouver 14-10. They beat Rochester 12-7. And they get out to a 3-1 start. They're at the top of the standings. San Diego actually with one more win than them as they went 2-0 last weekend, 4-2 for the Seals, but because Saskatchewan has a better winning percentage, they find themselves at the top of the standings. So that's kind of the season to this point, and we'll take a look at the season to come. We're going to crank this out once a month, so we'll recap some games, we'll preview some games, and in between we will talk to some guests, and speaking of guests, why don't we get to our very first one? I put out a bit of a poll on Twitter, I guess you could say, on who the fans wanted to hear from on the very first ever Rush Hour podcast, and it was a resounding vote, uh, a clear victor for one Grandma Rush, and I can't wait to have this conversation with Grandma Rush. We'll do that on the other side of this short break. Stick around. You got it here on the Rush Hour Podcast. We're back after this. All right. Welcome back to the Rush Hour Podcast. Jake Elliott with you. And now joined by none other than Grandma Rush. It's Joyce Suka, and, and I had to ask you actually how to pronounce your last name, Joyce, or Grandma, because uh, I've always just called you Grandma. I think that's what everybody just calls you. So we're going to stick with Grandma Rush because I think that's uh, what you like to be called. That's what I like to call you. Is that okay? Exactly. Uh, well, thanks so much for doing this, Grandma Rush. Just so you know, I, I kind of put out a poll on Twitter when, when I found out I was going to be doing this podcast, and I asked Rush Nation who they wanted as their very first guest, and it was an overwhelming response for Grandma Rush. So uh, you're very popular with Rush Nation, as I'm sure you know. Um, yeah. and, and so why don't we start, how did you become Grandma Rush? That is the most famous question I've asked all the time. It's a short story made long. Actually, I lived in Victoria, B.C., and uh, 
my two nephews were lacrosse fiends, and I used to go and watch them play on the road with Marty McNeil. And they would uh, practice and practice, and eventually they became very good at it, and they got scholarships to uh, Carolina, both of them. Then they ended up, Tyler Hevener, right. the elder one, played in Portland when uh, Derek Keenan was his coach. Of course. Then Tyler went into family mode and is now coaching uh, lacrosse in Victoria, and his children, are, boys are in it, of course. And then Nolan, that's another story, Nolan Hevener, number 40 in Calgary Roughnecks. Yes, yes. <laughs> Yes, and so he used to come, and, and it's no secret that Jimmy Quinlan, my very favorite, number 81, and Nolan were not friends, on or off. It was <laughs> it was something else. And I believe I gave you the information, Sportsnet had a an interview with me in a picture, and that was one of the questions they asked. And they said, well, what happens when Calgary comes and your uh, nephew is playing on that team? And I said, absolutely doesn't make any difference. Rush all the way. Yeah, because they say blood is thicker than water. Uh Uh-uh. No, it isn't. (laughs) Rush is thicker than water. That's right. So, yeah, and and my um, son-in-law in in Victoria at that time said there's going to be a lacrosse game. They're going to open up. Do you want to go? I said, absolutely. So I went. And like most people, the first time I looked at it, I said, what are they doing? First they run off, then they run back on, then they run off. So finally I got so enthused with it that it was just my hobby, my life. I just love the rush games. So you go from Victoria, you end up in Edmonton, you discover the rush. Jimmy Quinlan becomes your favorite player. Uh, what was it about Jimmy Qu- Jimmy Q that you like so much? Oh, can I say his fiery way of playing? Sure. Because <laughs> even as a, as a coach, you notice he could get all fired up. Yes. And in, in a good way. That's very true. I actually coached Jimmy Quinlan way back when he was in junior lacrosse, uh, when he came out from Alberta to play with the new Westminster Junior Salmon Bellies, and he was like oh, that. He yeah, was oh, very, he was like that as a as a nineteen and a twenty year old as well. So he's always kind of had that fire, and I'm sure uh, the boys miss him on the bench this year. Um, is it is that kind of what you like about lacrosse? Is kind of that fierce competitiveness. Uh, and, and the physical style of play, or, or what is the game of lacrosse? What attracts you to it? The players, and each one is an individual, as you know. Some are more physical, some are more uh, making plays. It's just the whole thing, the whole game is you just, I don't know, I can't believe anybody would go and watch a game and not be hooked. Yeah, I I would tend to uh, agree with that, and and now you still actually reside in Edmonton, but I know is it is it your daughter or your granddaughter that brings you all the way to Saskatoon to to come to Rush Games in Saskatchewan now? No, actually, that's a lady I met in Edmonton, and she was very protective of me, and she is now, and her name is Daria, and she's the one who comes with me to the games, whether we drive or whether we fly. Right and uh, yeah, she's very good at helping me. As uh, I said, as I said before, when I was in uh, Edmonton at Rexall, I used to run up to the top, down to the bottom, getting people to cheer. And now I'm lucky if I can go four or five <laughs> steps. <laughs> well, you still got you still got your sign that says "Grandma Rush says Kick Ass," which I totally love. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
I know this is probably super impolite to ask, but I'm going to ask it anyways, Grandma Rush. How old are you? Old enough to know better <laughs> and young enough not to. <laughs> well, okay, fair enough. You know, I, I, I didn't know. know. I have, go ahead. When, go ahead. Every time somebody asked me how old I am, I said, I don't know. Today I might be 100, tomorrow 10. And I said, uh, I was born in 1931, so you figure it out. Okay. I'm not going guess. <laughs> I guess this year will be double digits. Wow, I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna do the math for you, but uh, I just I just think it's so impressive that uh, you're such a dedicated fan um, that you 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 tr- you've stayed with the team since the days in Edmonton. You continue to come to the games in Saskatchewan. You you make the trips. Uh, it's just incredible to to see how dedicated you are to this team. Well, I can think of something like you just like I said, you rushes my life. I have my family, of course, and and associates and friends, but my family sometimes say, you know, the rush, I think, comes before us. And I said, yeah, after the game, that's right. (laughs) Now, what about some of maybe a couple of the new players that have joined the team over the last couple of years, Grandma? Is there there a guy or two that uh, has kind of caught your eye to maybe help you replace uh, that love you have for Jimmy Quinlan? Yes, there's some of them. I can't name anyone in particular, but after so many years of knowing absolutely everyone on that team, and now some of them have left, and uh, new ones have come in, and I just like to embrace them, as you know, after every game. And I have to emphasize this. I don't know of any other sport, uh, I might stand corrected, where people can come down on the floor, and there's the players sitting, waiting to talk, have their picture taken with them, autograph signs. I think that's absolutely amazing. Yeah, I I agree, and I, and I don't think there is another professional sport that does that game after game after game, and and I really think um, you know the Saskatchewan Rush in particular, but lacrosse players in general are are probably more accessible to fans than than any other sport. Uh, they really like to engage with the fans, and I think that's a very unique thing to the National Lacrosse League. I agree with you a hundred percent, and. Uh, as I told Sportsnet, and when I go down on the floor, I don't want to interrupt the line of people trying to get things signed. So I just quietly go behind each chair and get a hug. And by the time I'm finished, I smell as good as they did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh, I I was so excited to get uh, a hug from Grandma Rush. And, and I really think maybe that uh, Saskatchewan, never mind you going around to the players, I think maybe you should get your own table and, and the fans can come and get a, a hug and an autograph from you. So Several people have mentioned that, and I said, no, it's the same as an opportunity to go in the suites. I appreciate all this, but I still like to... I'm a people person. I like to wander around and talk to them. It's so touching when a little kid runs out and, Grandma, Grandma, can I get my picture with you? <laughs> Which uh, I'd like to interact with people more that way. Yeah, and then you like to to hang out back at the hotel and, and mingle around with the, the players and coaches alike after the game as well. Yes, always, whoever's there. That's where we'll be. You, you actually stayed up later than I did last weekend. I had to get off to bed, but you were still going strong by the time I left. Yeah, I won't. I won't say it was after two, so I won't say that. Okay, <laughs> uh, Grandma. We won't keep you much longer, but uh, we got Derek Keenan and Jeremy Thompson coming up after you here on the very first Rush Hour podcast. Do you have a question that you'd like to ask uh, the head coach or Jeremy Thompson before we let you go? Not really. Uh, not a question. I just think Derek Keenan has to be our answer. 
Oh, he, he is. He is just something else. He's so so professional and so personable at the same time. Yeah, he is, uh, for my money, the best coach in box lacrosse, bar none. No question about that. Uh, Joyce, Grandma, I really appreciate uh, you spending a few minutes with us here on Rush Hour. It was an absolute pleasure to chat with you and and meet you a few weeks ago, and uh, I look forward to seeing you again uh, early next month as uh, we get set for lacrosse day in Saskatchewan uh, on February 9th. Yes, I'm not sure whether I'll be going there or not. It depends a lot. I have a few tests to take, so I'll see. If I'm not there in person, I'm certainly there in thought, and I'm sitting at home with screaming and yelling and cheering them on. And worst case scenario, you get to sit back and listen to the broadcast, right? That's right. Yeah, and thank you very much, Jake. It's much appreciated. Anytime I can relate how much the rush means to me i take the opportunity well it was my pleasure to have you on and i know rush nation will appreciate it as well i hope i see you on the ninth uh, grandma and if i don't uh, we'll catch up very soon thanks for Definitely doing this will. and uh we'll talk soon thank you take care all right you too grandma rush Bye-bye. everybody uh that was awesome having grandma rush on the podcast we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll be back with the head coach and general manager of the saskatchewan rush Derek Keenan joins us next. Stick around. All right, welcome back to the Rush Hour podcast here. Uh, Big thanks to Grandma Rush, who succeeded our next guest, who is now on the line here and joining the podcast and the head coach and general manager of the Saskatchewan Rush, one Derek Keenan. Uh, Jammer, thanks for doing this, man. My pleasure, Jake. Thanks for having me on. I thought I thought you told me I was going to be the first ever uh, uh, on, on your podcast, yeah. but I don't mind. I don't mind playing second fiddle to Grandma Rush at all. So. Well, I was going to say, not, I, not a problem. I was going to say, I, I, I put out a, a bit of a poll on Twitter, and and the fans, <laughs> the Rush Nation, have spoken. Derek, uh, they uh, wanted they wanted Grandma Rush first, so uh, rightfully so. Yeah, rightfully so. They, That's good. They're the ones that pay my pay my bills, so uh, <laughs> I, got, I got to listen to the fans. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So let's uh, let's talk about Derek Keen a little bit. We'll get into the we'll get into the rush and, and what's happened this season uh, a little bit. But I know uh, you're a guy that likes to. You're 58 years old. I'm gonna just tell people that because you just told me that. Uh, you, but you're a guy yeah. that likes to stay in shape. You you play squash uh, a couple of times a week. You're just coming off a a session now. What 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 else does Derek Keenan like to do during the week when he's away from the sport of lacrosse? Uh, hockey Wednesday nights in, a, in an old man beer league in Brooklyn, Ontario, of course, where uh, some lacrosse used to be played up there. It's more in Whitby now, but and uh, in the weight room, three or four days. So six out of seven days, I try to get some sort of fitness in, and kind of keeps me sane and keeps me somewhat fit. And uh, but there's no worries of any comebacks in lacrosse, so that's for sure. <laughs> You're not going to pull a John Tavares uh, and try and <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that's not gonna happen. No. Is that no. something that you've always kind of kept pretty serious? Is is your fitness and and I know kind of being around the team, uh, you're a guy that you know after shoot around you like to head into the gym. You you kind of mm-hmm. inspired me to do that last week as well. Uh, yeah. I think that's something I'm gonna try and keep up uh, a little bit with you. But is that something you've always taken pretty serious? Is is your fitness? Yeah, I have for sure. And even after I stopped playing and uh, 
I mean, you know what? Healthy mind, healthy body, and healthy body, healthy mind. I think, and it, it uh, certainly. And as you, as you get older, it gets a little not tougher to get into the gym, but tougher to you know keep the weight down and that. Uh, and you got to focus a lot more on diet. But certainly, fitness is a, has been a big part of it. And I still like to get out and compete a little bit. And like I said, it's not serious hockey, but I do that. And, and my squash, I really like twice a week. So yeah, I mean, I I really enjoy it enjoy the fitness and i think it's it's good on the road to uh you know to, to break things up a little bit and, and get a little workout in before you eat lunch and that so yeah it's uh it's been a big part of my life probably forever and and then you got your boy ryan of course who i saw uh during a little feature they ran at halftime of the last game with a with a junior rush reporter uh, ryan says if he wasn't playing lacrosse he'd probably like to be a chef so is he around the house cooking meals for you guys uh <laughs> yeah. during the week yeah he, well he's on his own now he, he bought his own condo uh back in the fall so his, his actually his his roommate is riley o'connor okay and you know two lacrosse guys so i think ryan is definitely the the chef in that relationship though and it's <laughs> it's just something that he uh you know he he kind of I was sort of always the cook in, in our house when he was growing up, so maybe that was the influence. And uh, uh, but uh, he he enjoys it. He likes to he likes to do a lot more different things than I ever did. He likes to get into a cookbook a little more. I was always pretty basic. So, but he, he enjoys it and uh, likes doing different things. And uh, he, he certainly it's it's nice for a, for a young guy like that to be self sufficient. He's not knocking on my over, my door every every night for meals. Although Sundays when we get home from a road trip, he certainly likes the roast beef dinner. But, oh, that's that's, you know, that's uh, the he, go to. Pretty pretty self sufficient for sure. Yeah, he says he makes a mean chicken parm. Uh, so we speak with Derek Keenan here of the Saskatchewan Rush. Now, of course, Derek. Um, you lost your, your wife tragically a, a few years ago, but, uh, mm -hmm. I heard on the bus, uh, you're now newly engaged. You got yourself a new mm -hmm. fiance, uh, which is great to hear. I'm super pleased to hear that. Um, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, maybe, uh, let the fans know you got a, you got a date set. Uh, when can we expect yeah. uh, the nuptials to take place? September 21st of this year. So. Uh, looking forward to that. I've been very, very fortunate. You know, it was obviously a very difficult time in my life and uh, in our lives as a family. And uh, not everybody gets a second chance. And you know, I've been very fortunate to meet a really nice lady and uh, things have worked out well. And yeah, so uh, I'm going to take the, the plunge and, you know, I'm very happy with that and, and, and into my future. So, you know, like I said, yeah, you don't think about those things when you, you go through what we went through. But it's, uh, you know, I've been very, very lucky. And, I mean, speaking to that, Derek, like how important was the rush and, and the boys and, and the organization through that time? That I know that was a real, real difficult time, but I know, you know, listening to Chris Corbeil talk and, and Bruce Urban talk, like they, you really leaned on those guys through that time. Mm -hmm. Incredibly important. Uh, it was you know, I don't think I would have got through it the way I did. I mean, obviously, you got to live and you got to, you know, you have you have kids and, and you know you have a family and and you have to you have to live. But to see the guys on the weekends and and they really lifted my spirits every week, and to see how much they gave back to me and what 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 Bruce and the entire organization did for me. You know, I I, I had actually you know contemplated a a fairly long leave um of course i was off prior to 
the Wendy passing and then I and I had a bit of a lead but you know what I, I was off I think two games and I said you know what I, I got to get back uh, I think it's what I want to do and I, I want to see the guys and it's going to help me and, and they were they were incredible and we obviously had our uh, successful season with our first championship with the rush that year so it, and I and I know that those guys were you know based on their emotions that they went through that it was it was a lot about her and playing for her and her spirit and that so it was it was very important and it still is I mean I still I still can't wait to see those guys every weekend because they're just such a good group and they're they're real fine young men and uh, they were they were very very helpful in me getting through a difficult time and and I would imagine you know looking up to the rafters at the Sastel Center and and seeing the banner uh, will bring back those memories and uh, mm-hmm. Coming off a, a fresh championship, uh, I don't know if it ever gets old, Derek. But um, you know, out of all the championships that have that you've won, is is there one that's more special than than the others? Uh, gee, I, I don't know. I I think that one was. You know, you, I look back at that one because of the circumstances, and I think also because of the season before in 2014 when we arguably had our I wouldn't say our best team because we didn't have Benny Mack yet, but we certainly had our best season and probably the best season ever with a 16 and two record. And I think we won 15 in a row at one point. So, and then we didn't win. So that was, that was tough. And we, we, you know, we had a bit of a difficult start to 2015 and, and then we, we just had a tremendous season after that. But the thing that I think going back to last year, I was most proud of was how, um, you know, we, we had an opportunity the year before to win three in a row, but we just didn't seem to have it the entire season, despite making the finals and, and that we just didn't seem to have that edge. And we came in, you know, last year for the 2018 season with a real, real legitimate focus. And, and we were dialed in pretty well every week and it showed, I mean, we went 18 and four uh, in, in the regular season and, and, you know, Rochester pushed us to the brink, but, at the end, we had home floor advantage, and it paid off for us uh, with, the, with the championship. What do you think the focus is this year? I, do you, I mean, do you think losing gets you hungrier, or do you think you get that taste of, of the ring and the banner and the championship, and that wants, that makes you even hungrier for more? I think it makes it hungry. It makes you hungry. I mean, again, lesson learned, I think, from a couple of years ago. But, I mean, our leadership is so strong in our room that, uh, you know, Chris and the guys really keep things keep things real, keep the guys dialed in um, on each week on the task at hand. And, and, the, and the one thing going into this season was we knew we were going to have our offense back intact, um, but I'm still a firm believer that you can't outscore teams every week. So we needed to bring in new bodies, um, new, new people, to our system, new people to one another, which can be difficult in terms of communication and sort of knowing each other's tendencies. And now I can start to see that that come to fruition, the work that they put in, you, you know, that their attention to detail and video sessions and scouting reports and into our system itself. And I can really start seeing the results. I, I was just so happy with our, our win on, on uh, Saturday against Rochester because it was a defensive win. I mean, yeah, we got 12, um, I'd much prefer the, the you know the twelve seven win than the sixteen twelve win. You know, I just kind of always been that kind of coach focused on defense, and and we've been very fortunate to have the talent to do that over the years too. But as I said, this year has been a little bit different. Implementing new guys, uh, 
um, you know, into a system and, and with, with each other and, and lost some really key guys uh, last year, like in Sarchetti and uh, Cornwall and Dilk. So you, you talk about those three guys, they're pretty key losses. And, and we've managed to over time start to, to overcome that and, and, and become a pretty good defensive group again with a long way to go though. I mean, I still look at every week, uh, opportunity for improvement and we'll look and we're going to have to be real good this weekend going into georgia yeah and 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 the deal is like when you only put up 12 then you get a chance to go at bubs a little bit for not not putting up enough goals <laughs> yeah. which which you normally don't yeah. get to do very often no 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 usually no 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 he's pretty good he's uh you know and, and it's different different guys each night it's a different part of our game i mean in vancouver two weeks ago was our five on five game that was really good and Last week our power play was good, and and we got some transition goals. So, you know, it's sort of a different uh, seems to be a different player or or a different part of our game every week, and it's nice to 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 hopefully have a complete game like that. But uh, again, though, like I, I I just don't think it's possible to think you're going to outscore people every week. Every once in a while, you have to come up with a defensive shutdown game, and and uh, it would be sure nice to do that again this week against Georgia. But that's going to be a big challenge. Speaking with the head coach, Derek Keenan, here on the Rush Hour podcast. And it's funny you mentioned how happy you were after that game because I was talking with the in-game host, Daniela Ponticelli, and she was saying, like, the, the clip of you saying how happy you were. And, and for, for people that don't know you outside of the game, they, they see Derek Keenan, who always kind of looks very serious and stoic, and you have a pretty dry sense of humor, but you're you're a very funny guy. But she was like... He said he was so happy, but yet he like he didn't look happy and he didn't sound <laughs> so I, I thought that was that was kind of apropos that uh you know, she's like, I'm keeping that clip because he said he was so happy but it looked like he you know, his dog just died and I said, Well that's 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 kind of Derek Keenan in a nutshell there. Um Yeah, you know what, you're right, and I I, I hear that from people close to me too, but you know, I just sort of kinda have the old never too high, never too low. And, uh, you know, and, and that's, I think I learned that a long time ago from Les Bartley, you know, where things are going to go sour sometimes and things are going to go really good at times. And if you show much too much emotion one way or the other, then sometimes that can, then can, can certainly filter right on through a team and you get a little bit one too much one way or the other. So try and stay on an even keel as best I can. And, you know, the odd time. Although I, I did catch Talevi uh, the other night with an elbow in the head when I jumped up on the bench <laughs> over, a, over a call I didn't like. So Not the first almost, time he's taken a bow to the head anyway. Yeah, so. I almost I almost, I almost conked him, I think. But anyway, <laughs> I, had to, I didn't feel very good about that. But yeah. he survived. Uh, you, you just brought up Les Bartley, and he's a, he's a guy I wanted to, to ask you about a little bit. I, I had a chance to meet Les just a couple of times, but you had a chance to spend a lot of time with him uh, on mm-hmm. the bench in, in Toronto, and uh, obviously uh, uh, just an unbelievable coach, and, and uh, mm-hmm. they named the, the Coach of the Year trophy after him because he mm-hmm. was so good. Um, and you and Eddie Como were his assistants for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um you know what? What are the biggest lessons you've taken away from Les? Uh, besides, you know, not getting too high, not getting too low. Yeah, I think I, I really think of two things: um, attention to detail in in scouting and game planning, and building relationships with players. And I think those are the two things that I that I took from all my years working with Les, and things that I've really tried to do well. And and uh, you know, I, I really try to build relationships with my players outside of the game, you know, outside of lacrosse. Like I really, 
you know, take an interest in what else goes on in their lives personally and, you know, whether it's, it's a, their other job they have or it's family or friends and other activities they enjoy. Like, you know, we, we have a few guys in our team that share one of my pastimes, which is fishing. And then we talk a lot about that in the bus, and, you know. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, those are the, really the two things that I think I took most from, from last, those, uh, those lessons. Are you are you a believer in more than you know? You got to treat everybody kind of the same, including your star players or your twenty first guy on the roster. Or are you kind of from the school that you know these are all kind of different human beings with different personalities, and you gotta you gotta find the right buttons to push with each mm-hmm. individual guy. They're definitely all different, and I, and I and I believe that you you do have to be able to not necessarily treat them differently in terms of. You know, you're, I guess, you know, in terms of discipline or anything like that, but just, just sort of how you interact with, there's some guys that they're just so low maintenance, like, like I'll use Brett Mitsky as an example. Like you never have to say a word to him. No, like, you know, he's going to come and, and work his butt off every week. You know, he's going to stick his head in front of shots. You know, he's going to play hard and he's probably the most consistent guy you know, certainly on our team, if not in the entire league. So, and then there's other guys that, you know, you have to sort of massage a little bit and make sure that they're, they're, they're motivated and paying attention to detail and, you know, on, on the little finer points. But uh, I think there's, there's a, there's definitely a, uh, you know, a mean means and a ways to treat, not, not necessarily differently in terms of the overall philosophy or, or how you're, you know, you don't want to show favoritism, but certainly in terms of how much you pay attention to guys and, within the game i think a couple of more minutes here with the general manager and head coach of the saskatchewan rush Derek keenan and uh, i got so much stuff i want to ask you but you mentioned some of the new guys and, and losing the guys that you mentioned so Kenny mm-hmm. and, and dilks and, and jeff cornwell you you replace those guys uh with with one well one jeff's brother and travis cornwell who you picked up mm-hmm. from vancouver who's mm-hmm. fit in pretty nicely a totally different kind of player than jeff um uh, mm-hmm. probably a different personality than jeff as well but a guy that you're real familiar with and jordy jones smith and uh of mm-hmm. course uh the number five overall pick who's who's only gotten into one game but i know mm-hmm. he impressed you in connor robinson coming in just maybe touch on the new guys and how they fit into this team that's uh so veteran laden yeah i mean I, I go to travis first where you know we they are different players and, and between me and his brother but you know what we just asked him to do is focus on one thing like the the offensive part of the game the transition part of the game that's very easy to him it comes naturally mm-hmm. focus on the defensive side of the ball because you're a big strong athlete and i think he's really done that and another guy who's gotten better every game and uh, like I thought, he was outstanding uh, against Rochester. And again, it's just gotten better every game. And, you know, they struggled a little bit early. All those guys you mentioned struggled a little bit early defensively, and now they're getting better. And it's all part of, again, learning the system and being comfortable with one another and, and uh, you know, confidence in one another. So he's been great. Jordy Jones, now he's a kid I've coached since he was seven years old, and I just have all the time in the world for him. What, I, what impresses me most with Jordy is how he's stuck to it. You know, he he played he's played in all the winter leagues and he played University of Lacrosse for Tolivia at Western and you know, he was never even near our best player in minor lacrosse. He was a good junior player for us. Um, but he's you know, he's basically been a senior B player for the last three or four years and, and this summer he he got to play some playoffs 
senior A, and he was outstanding. And that's when I said, you know what, this kid deserves a shot. Came to camp bigger, stronger, uh, proved in the summer that he can play our system, and he's been really good. Again, struggled early. I thought in our first game had a struggle. Since then, has been really solid. So, and Connor's a guy that you know what, like he's he's going to be a really good player in this league. He just has to bide his time, and and he's well aware of that. We've talked to him about that right from the beginning, even training camp, where you know he's got some some guys ahead of him. But he's I certainly impressed with him his first game that he played because he plays in the dirty areas, which is what our offense is about. And uh, he's going to be a, he's going to be a real good player. Derek, uh, I'm going to ask you one more here, and, and mm-hmm. it's uh, in regards to, to Jeremy Thompson and his brother Lyle before I let you go, because mm-hmm. I'm going to talk to Gunn uh, coming up after you. But uh, obviously, you know, you weren't in Philadelphia, and you know, I know you're not a big social mm-hmm. media guy, but I'm sure mm-hmm. you're aware of what went on and, and what mm-hmm. was said and what happened. Um, just give me your give me your thoughts on it and, and what uh, what you think needs to happen with you know, educating people moving forward and, and how we can all kind of be better as human beings. Yeah, I, I think you said it. I mean, the, the education part, and I can say this, that having Jeremy on my, I, I think I've always had a, a side of me that appreciates the history of our game, mainly because, you know, I grew up in the Durham region and the Oshawa Greengales were my team and Gaylord Palace was my favorite player mm. who I who I came to know personally later on in life. And, and uh, you know, learned a lot from him. And I've learned a ton from Jeremy Thompson uh, on our game. And, and I learned a lot when during the World Championships in Onondaga in 2015. So um, I think it's education. And I, and I think, and I'll tell you, the, the Thompson brothers, they are more than willing to be those spokespeople. And, uh, and I know that Jeremy certainly hasn't been, has been in, in the community in, in Saskatchewan and uh, continues to be. So, I mean, it's no, it's no coincidence that when, our players are introduced i think we have some 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 what you would consider star players but jeremy thompson gets the he gets the loudest cheer every game and there's a reason for that because he is out there spreading the word and educating people on on the traditions of of the game and you know his family and and what it means to them so i think that's the most important part is to to try and educate yeah and i like honestly at the end of the day like i i try and learn as much as i i find it completely fascinating in some of their rituals and cultures and the history of the sport. I just think like it's, it blows my mind. The more I learn about mm-hmm. it, uh, it's, it's, it's so cool. Uh, so I, I'll look forward to talking to Jerry. I, I, I appreciate, uh, your time and, and this, this conversation, Derek. Um, yeah. I hope we can do it again. Uh, I'm not going to see you for a couple of weeks as you're going to head out on the road, uh, down to Georgia and then, and then uh, proverbial home game, I guess, for you uh, mm-hmm. in Toronto yeah. before uh, heading back to Sastel on February 9th. So we'll catch up then, and, and thanks, okay. thanks for doing this. Thanks, and, uh, all right. Okay, take care, man. Take care. Derek Keenan, yeah, the general manager and head coach of the Saskatchewan Rush. That was a great conversation there, and we're about to have another one with one Jeremy Thompson after this quick break. You got it here on the Rush Hour podcast. We're back after this. All right, welcome back to the Rush Hour podcast. Uh, big thanks to Jammer, Derek King. That was a great conversation with him, and we're about to have another great conversation as Jeremy Thompson now joins us uh, on the podcast. Jer, thanks for doing this, man. 
Yeah, no, man, no problem. I appreciate the time and uh, definitely for choosing me. Yeah, no problem. Uh, my pleasure. I know uh, you're on Six Nations right now. Uh, you're trying to get your three girls settled down. Um, how's the family doing? And, and that, that's got to keep you pretty busy uh, during the week when you're away from Saskatchewan. Um, yeah, for sure. Anything, anytime you have, you know, family, you, you involve children, stuff like that. You, you always want to have a well-balanced um, life and routine. And I think that's what it's all about is finding uh, fine line grooves. And, you know, it's, it, it's definitely not easy. It's just something you have to kind of, like I said, balance out and, you know, find, find time for a little bit of things here and there. Uh, some personal time, family time, one-on-one kids. And, um, yeah, especially it comes down to if you're in a, you know, you're a professional athlete. You definitely have to make time for your um, yourself too, and for training stuff like that. And then also, yeah. So it's definitely um, it's definitely a process right around the clock. And I like it. It's a it's a it's a good busy, and uh, I'm happy. Everyone's well. Now, good. I, now, correct me if I'm wrong here, but uh, we sit kind of pretty close to each other on the bus on the way to the Sastel Center. And and the last couple of games, I've kind of noticed you. You kind of slide over into your seat and uh, dial up the FaceTime with. With the wife and, and the family, is that uh, kind of a pregame ritual that you do every time before you go out and play? Um, yeah, I always like to kind of touch back base, you know, with my uh, with, with the kids, anyways, and uh, you know, for sure, it's always something that uh, routine for myself to um, you know kind of connect and kind of just focus in myself and, and some reminders too as well, just to kind of put me in you know in a good place and 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 to have some good reminders before the game just some good vibes but it's um it's definitely something that's always been a routine for me to uh you know kind of check back with you know loved ones because you know it is you know it's tough when you have little ones uh back home and uh you're away it's definitely um it's it's a hard process in the beginning but like you said you get you get used to it you know as um you become comfortable with it and like i just I just, um, you know, enjoy the process, enjoy my moments I get um, as a professional athlete and having uh, to come home to a family is um, definitely something that's an unforgettable and appreciative thing that, um, you know, I'm so thankful for to have, you know, in my life. And, um, yeah, you know, so it's always, uh, I always position myself, uh, you know, good spot. I always, first one on the bus, not first one on the bus, but I always like to go to the front of the bus, uh He's always a front row kind of guy, you know. Yeah, I find it. I find it really interesting that in Saskatchewan, the vets kind of they're the guys that sit up front, and and the rookies are the ones that kind of sit in the back. It's kind of different than what I've seen with other teams. And I know uh, your brother Lyle, who we're gonna we're gonna talk about here in a second. Um, he's he's a guy that likes to call back home before games as well, and he kind of lets his kids pick. You know, do they want a goal? Do they want to assist? Do they want a loose ball? Uh, that sort of thing before a game, which I think is kind of neat as well. As we speak with Jeremy Thompson. Um, speaking of Lyle, his his Haudenosaunee name is De Hassanunde, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, and hopefully I am. I know the boys around the team like to call you Gunnet, and I don't know if you can tell me what that means or why they call you that, but if you can't, no problem. But if you can, I'd love to know just why, where, and, and how they came up with uh, the nickname Gunnet. Um, first and foremost, I'll answer your first question. So, yes, Lyle's... Uh... Native American name, his given name is uh, Tehasanun, and it means they're flying over us, and uh, mine is uh, my traditional given name, which means the sun is leaning, but... The, sorry, uh, say, say that again <laughs> for me, Jared, because say, say it slower for me one time, and then tell me what it means one more time, because I am absolutely fascinated by this. So anyways, my Native American given name is Gaehwa Gaihit, and it means the sun is leaning, 
Like it's going down. Okay. And to go on to your second question, uh, why everyone calls me Gun? And yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not gonna. <laughs> it's <laughs> not, not something you can answer. It's kind of a, kind of a uh, res res term, slang term, I guess. So okay. I'll, okay. I'll I'll, 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 leave, I'll leave it at that. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. I just wanted to ask. I didn't know, so you know that I, I totally respect it. We'll leave it at that, and. Uh, we shall move on as we speak with Jeremy Thompson here, the Saskatchewan Rush on the Rush Hour podcast, brought to you by Daytona Homes. Um, why don't we get this out of the way? Because I, I, I don't want to say get it out of the way because it's an important conversation, uh, Jeremy. And, and obviously, I don't know how much time you've had a chance to spend with Lyle or talk to Lyle since it happened in Philadelphia. And, and we, we both kind of know what's happened since then with uh, Shawnee Hill losing his job and the league taking action and, and really a, a mandate coming in from Philadelphia and the National Cross League to better educate people on uh, the traditions, the culture of uh, – the First Nations, the Indigenous, and and how to better educate people on on how to be a little more informed and, and I guess sensitive um, to the history of the game and, and your roots. Um, you know, we had a chance to talk a little bit uh, about it last week, Jared. But you know, is that the biggest thing that you would like to see happen? Is just for people to get educated? Um. Yeah. First and foremost, you know, um, I think um, it's it's you know it's 2019. Um, I think there's no room for that kind of language or, um, or actions, anything like that. And I think bottom line, I think the NLL has a, a, you know, a rule that sets out that there's, they're going to, there's zero talents for that. And I think they came through well, uh, with letting him go and, uh, you know, kind of going forward, just kind of pushing forward, um, you know, as far as the family goes and stuff like that. I think Lyle, um, he's doing all right. He's good. He's a, he's a well, he's a well-rounded guy where he's really strong mentally and really, you know, has, um, you know, really strong beliefs, uh, with, with what he believes in. And, um, you know, he's rebounded from it. Well, you could tell he, uh, you could tell he took some time to himself to think about and really reach out to different people in the community. Um, you know, different family members and elders in the community. I think one of the things that he, uh, did was take the time, respectful time to, um, you know, think about what this is really about and how serious this is. And, um, you know, you could tell through his message um, um, on via uh, social media, on his outlets. And, you know, he's got a pretty good following. He's got a pretty good uh, platform there. And, um, you know, I think he, the thing that he's looking at, like you said, I think he said it well, he's not he's not the punisher. He's not going to focus on that part. Um, the things are the things that he is going to focus on is, you know, kind of moving forward is really educating because uh, we can we can honestly – um, do better on both ends um, as far as educating uh, what uh, the history of what our people have been through uh, through first contact and what the game of lacrosse means as far as um, you know um, how it's been played and how it's been used for us in our communities and as far as traditions goes as our culture and what reasons why we have long hair braids and stuff like that why we've kept that kind of stuff and it's it really kind of bottom line it, it's just a part of us it's a connection it's a part. It's a connection that will live on through our children, and it's a connection to our ancestors that have moved on, that have passed on, um, that passed down through this game, or passed down through whatever gift that they offered. Uh, you know. So, bottom line is, is that um, you know, kind of pushing forward. Those are some of the things that we're focused on as a family, and as far as Thompson Brothers Lacrosse is, um, you know, having an outlet and being a voice and um, having a platform for that. We want to. Um, um, educate both ends of our um 
our, our followers really as a native perspective and non-native uh, because like you said we can do we can we're always it's always a lifetime lesson lifetime learning lesson you know as an individual you want to try to keep learning you want to keep an open ear uh, you want to be open book person where you always trying to be willing to learn uh, from not only yourself but the people around you older younger whoever it may be um, you know like you said it's a cycle that we're all learning from one another and that no one knows everything and I think that's just uh, just goes to show that that that's life. And um, yeah. one of the things for myself personally, uh, reflecting back, um, you know, it definitely it's been a learning process for myself because I've um, I've it, it stirred things up in my and and on my own experiences. Um, sure. My first couple of years in the league, you know, I got my hair pulled on on the floor, and and now I know what that means. I know I know what that meant, and what what that person, uh, what why his actions were done by that. And, yeah. Well, I understand a little bit more because of what went through with Lyle, and, and I'm, I'm, as life goes on for me, you know, I'm educating myself on the whole issue too. Like I said, I, I was always the type of guy where I just kind of like let let it go, like oh, you know, I'm gonna get over it, I'm gonna let it, I'm gonna sweep it underneath the rug. But you know, I think it's a day and age now where, um, you know, we're First Nations people, we have our culture, music, language, and culture, and you know, we're our own, we're we're our own people. You know, we have a way of life that we want to get across and that um and really it's just a really a, a life that really gives back to the natural world of uh, existence that we survive ourselves off of yeah and that's sorry really sorry jerry yeah, continue on sorry i didn't mean to, to interrupt you there i i just like it it, it, no. it gives me it, like you're actually giving me chills right now kind of listening to how important this is to you and, and i really apologize for cutting you off like i i know speaking to your elders and taking the time for Lyle to get feedback from them on how he should approach this. And you just kind of mentioned you were a guy that would sweep it under the rug and let it kind of fall off your back. And, and now you're kind of saying like enough of that, like that's not going to help the situation. I need to exactly to make people understand why it's not okay. And, and you learn that from your elders and now what you, the work that you do and for fans that don't know, like you go across the entire province of Saskatchewan, of Saskatchewan and, and go onto the reservations and, and teach kids lacrosse and probably not only lacrosse, but other things uh, on how to make your way in the world. Um, you know, what is what is the the lesson that you try and to deliver to those kids? Well, I think first and foremost, uh, my message, uh, and that is one of the things my background history behind that is, that, and I learned this from my parents, is that. Uh, the best thing that you can do, the best thing you can give a child is your time or anybody really is that's the best thing you can give them because it's, it, it can't be taken away because it's eye, eye to eye. You're hearing that person. It's face to face and there's no other way to communicate life than be one on one or communicate with a person, you know, in that way. And, you know, so for me as an individual, um, you know, kind of youngster growing up and my parents giving that to me. Um, my dad, you know, my dad gave me, uh, you know, endless amount of time, um, in the backyard, um, on and off the field training wise and same thing with my mother too. Um, so we did everything together. So what that taught me now kind of going forward was that, you know, you know, have an opportunity and having a platform in the game of lacrosse. Um, I only want to give my time back to, um, really kind of bring in a specialty out of the kids, because like I said, it's everyone's different. Um, it just goes to show, you know, throughout life, everyone has a different specialty and it just kind of just, for me, it just came, it just came out. It just came, it, it just brought its life out on its own just by hearing the story of lacrosse, how it was brought, but how this game of lacrosse was brought here on earth from, 
you know, the animals, the, the animal story. You know, each one of those different animals brought a different per- perspective. Like the bear, you know, it's big and strong. You know, it's good with his hands. The deer, you know, it's quick on his feet. Um, you know, turtle, you know, could could withstand hard blows. You know, so as you could see right from the beginning, the, the essence of how this game was created, it was it was shown that you all don't have to be the same. Everyone's going to bring a different unique to the game. It just goes to show, you know, throughout my lifetime, I've just seen that, you know, on a lacrosse field, you know, sometimes you just can't do stuff that other people can do you just you wonder how they do it how they throw that backhand or how they throw that shot or how they ran up the floor whatever it is whatever it is that they're good at um it just comes natural and for me you know those are some of the things that i do i try to bring that out when i go do camps when i travel throughout the you know north america canada wherever it is you know i'm teaching them i'm telling them that story and i'm trying to bring whatever it is that you're special at you have to find that and know that you know through hard work um through obstacles in your lifetime know that it's not going to be easy you're gonna to have to overcome um overcome these obstacles that nothing's going to be perfect and it just goes to show um for me uh to to put that message out there and to you know for an individual to know that uh, because you know like i said we're, we're all different in different ways and we all bring out specialties within ourselves and it's up to you as an individual to find that and to uh and to work at that so. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I think that's that's super cool as we speak with Jeremy Thompson how I think lacrosse is almost really unique in that way where a guy like Sean Evans can succeed and then a guy like Mark Matthews can succeed. They're both offensive players but completely different body types and different types of players but both at the top of the list uh, as far as talent goes. Right. And and you can and you can relate that and translate that to your spirit animals. Um a couple more questions on this this topic here, Jeremy. Uh, Saskatchewan and, and the Sastel Center, one of the only, I think Georgia, the only other arena that flies the the Six Nations flag uh, permanently inside their arena. I've been kind of lobbying that they start to play the Haudenosaunee Arner song before each National Cross League game as well. Is that something you would like to see happen? Um, yeah, Jake. To be honest. Um... When you, uh, I seen your tweet about that, you know, a few weeks back and when all this kind of started and, you know, it kind of gave me goosebumps. It gave me an excitement. It gave me, it gave me hope. It gave me, you know, a sense of pride and, and it just gave me a, you know, a certain vibe for myself to kind of, you know, push for that. You know, I got excited a little bit. So I've been talking to, I've been talking about it slowly, um, to my, to my, some of my family members and just kind of bringing it up slowly. And I think it's something that, you know, honestly, isn't that bad of an idea. I think, it. you know, for me, uh, being, you know, from the Haudenosaunee, uh, you know, Confederacy, you know, every the only time we get to hear that song is really every four years, and that's at the World Games. And, and it really brings a special uh, uniqueness um, of energy um, yeah. to us because of all the – I just feel like all those ancestors that have passed on playing the game, um, the people that weren't able to play that had – that had ideas and, and ambitions on wanting to play and couldn't play. I just feel like when that song comes on, that those are some of the things that come up for me. And it's just like, you can, you can feel um, the special energy in that. And even, you know what, even though that hasn't been played, I can tell you this, every, every, every time any anthem, any game that I played on, those are some of the things that I think about, you know, I give thanks for that special moment. I give thanks to the creator. Um, I tell myself um, um, that, you know, I tell them how much how much I love my family, and go through different spots. You know, I hope everyone has a good, safe game. Um, you know, so I kind of go over these different guidelines. You yeah. know, as an 
nothing is going on because these are some of the things I think about. Not only kind of hope for, but, I, you know, I pray for and just kind of put it out there. I feel like it's all about putting that mind frame, setting your, setting your mind up and putting it out there and just really kind of putting it out there so everyone's safe. We want to go out there and, you know, really have a good, rough, tough game. And I think that's what it's all about, the game of lacrosse. It's about being uh, fair, rough, and fair. And, you know, you're gonna eat. game of lacrosse is rough. It's fast. And, you know, you're, you're bound to get bumped here and there. But like you said, bottom line is, you know, those are some of the things that for myself personally I do. I put out before any national lacrosse. Every time I get to play play the game of lacrosse, um, when the anthem's going off, I, those are some of the things I think about. I, I think about, I give thanks, and, you know, so forth. Yeah, that that I can I don't know if you can say it any better than that. <clears throat> and and I know, you know, back when I played when I heard the Canadian anthem, me being Canadian, that that's those are some of the emotions that that I went through and and I and I would imagine that would be the same for for you when you hear that song. And and you know, on top of that, like I just I love the song. I I'm still trying to get the 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 words translated into English so I can understand it a little better and I can tell you that uh the league is taking it under consideration, so I really hope uh, that they kind of follow through with that. It's in here. Um, really appreciate your time, Jerry, and, and I and I, I got way more than I want to ask you, but I'm going to ask you a couple of more questions before I let you get back to your family here. Uh, the last time hey. I talked to Lyle, I, I know Thompson Brothers Lax was uh, in a bit of a transition phase over the last uh, year and a half or so. I uh, saw so you wearing the gear. I got to get some Thompson Brothers lacrosse gear. I, I got to say, that's something I don't have any of. But uh, what's what's new at Thompson Brothers Lax and, and Nike lacrosse and all that uh, with you and your brothers? Um, everything's, you know, we definitely had a shift in gear, um, shift in management um, over the past year. We've kind of more or less taken everything over um, individually, uh, different brothers taking different roles and stuff like that. But we've kind of cut back on a really a lot. Uh, one of the things that we've done in the past was in the summertime, really overflowed with camps and stuff like that, where we're kind of partnering with different groups that already have camps set up and we're just kind of coming in and um, doing our spiel as far as um, really teaching the basic fundamentals of what we were taught in the backyard and the history of the game. Uh, we find that it's important, you know, being a professional athlete, playing at this level. Um, like I said, it's, it's all about educating about the background of, you know, where this game comes from. And those are some of the things that we touch on, the history of the game, the importance of the lacrosse stick, and how this lacrosse stick can be a special thing to make that ball go where it needs to go. Or, you know, being an individual, having the next highlight on ESPN, whatever it is. Um, you know, so as far as that, you know, Tom's Brothers Lacrosse is definitely something that, you know, we're kind of re-gearing back up. And we got a couple special events coming up here um in the springtime and final four and you know, heading into the year so yeah well, so as far as that we can definitely stay tuned we got some pretty exciting events coming up in uh uh calling the lines too as well you know in the future so definitely stay tuned with that and um you know it should be uh pretty uh well worth it well just just don't forget to to make those clothes and and maybe jumbo size so i can pick one of those things <laughs> up uh Jer as we speak with jeremy i saw you guys out at uh the langley event center back in october with tyler pace's uh program pacific coast lacrosse and, and yeah of course that uh that leads me into another question uh with obviously the world championships just around the corner uh the iroquois nationals will be there and i'm gonna go out on a limb and say you're gonna be on that team jeremy thompson uh, how excited are you get to 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 get back with with the brothers and, and play for another world championship and see if you guys can take another step forward and and possibly win a gold medal 
Well, I definitely, you know, thinking about the World Games coming up, you know, we have, I've been excited about it just, just, you know, as soon as the World Games got done in uh, Israel, um, just because, um, you know, for myself personally, I personally like the indoor game a little bit better, box across. So for me, um, we've actually had a couple opportunities this past fall to get together as a team, uh, tryouts and so forth. And um, it was really a pretty good showing. We had about, you know, uh, 30 to 40 um, people come on out and try out and, like you said, the process hasn't been uh, finalized yet, but it's definitely been an um, um, a, a awesome opportunity to, you know, get together and, you know, really kind of take pride in that because anytime uh, we come together as Eucar Iroquois Nationals, um, it's something that we take pride in and, you know, you know, trying to put together the best team that we can. And like we said, we've, we've been we've been inching forth, you know, each year. Uh, we're getting better and better because of, you know, the talent that's been uh, put out there on each reserve, you know, we're getting more and more um, young native kids out in different communities, you know, popping up here and there that are really um, recognizing and seeing their specialty and really seeing the opportunities in, in, in education, you know, going off to college and really bettering themselves all, all over and all ends. So it's definitely something that we're excited about, um, you know, having it. You know, somewhere here in in in, in North America is definitely a, a treat. Um, yeah. We're not going to be too far except for the West Coast. The West Coast is always a beautiful site for me to always kind of come into. And uh, yeah, so we're very excited. You know, as a uh, for myself individually, you know, anytime I get the opportunity to go out there on the, on the floor and um, you know represent myself, my family, and my nation is that something that's uh, it's an unforgettable moment and something I put you know full pride in. Before we get to Saskatchewan, I would imagine maybe the last time you competed on the West Coast would have been back in 2014 for the Onondaga Redhawks at the President's Cup where you had Heine, you had Miles, you had Lyle, and yourself all on that team, and you guys were crown champions. How, I don't know if you've ever had a chance to do that, compete with all four on the same team. I know you guys have played against each other, but how cool was that to not only play with the, your other three brothers, but to also win a championship together? Um, yeah, you know, what? it's always been a, it's funny you brought that up. It's something that's been a lifetime dream, uh, growing up as a, you know, a small town community, you know, south of Syracuse on Anadaga Nation, um, you know, having a family, close-knit family close together. It was, you know, especially four boys and we have a younger sister, but us boys were, we're always outside together playing against each other, any, any sport it had to be, but, you know, long story short, um, it was just, you know, having to win, you know, get, to finally come together uh, and I think just you know going out that way was just a bonus it was something that was you know a dream come true and it was just it's a, it was just such a special moment to see uh, because you know as the eldest brother it's just something you kind of reflect back on look at you know all those times back in the yard you know spending time with one another and just really all the bumps and bruises and scrapes it's just something it's great it's definitely uh, you know opportunity uh, that we look forward to and I think we're going to get another chance coming up here uh, this summer in the next uh, next indoor world games. Yeah, no doubt, man. And and that was so awesome for me to to watch and be able to call. Uh, I can't wait uh, for September to roll around. I know I've kept you way longer than I than I promised I would, Jared. But it's been such a great That's conversation. Right. Yeah, it's, uh, I, the Saskatchewan rush. Let's let's end off on this. Um, you become just the fourth National Lacrosse Leaguer to win fifteen hundred faceoffs in the regular season. That's an that's an unreal accomplishment. But for a guy that's been around this organization for as long as you have and and won the championships. How do you stack up this this 2019 roster here in Saskatchewan? Do you guys think uh, you got another run in you to to go to the Champions Cup or the NLL Cup, I should say? Um, 
I absolutely. I think you know it's um, on any given day. Um, you know, being part of this group right now, from the top down to an ownership, down to our coaching staff, management, and um, right down to everybody on the team. You know, everyone, all these, this, this, um, this team, the chemistry, the combined that you know Derek's been able to put together over the years. You know, and he's definitely been uh, fortunate enough to keep this core group together. And you know, like you said, um, we definitely have a group of guys, a uh, group of core that's. Um, you know, been here over the past few years and have some experience. And, um, you know, I think we definitely do have a, um, you know, a, a pretty good chance um, being in the finals this year, uh, just because, you know, we've been, we've been solid, you know, we kind of started out a little uh, um, slow in the beginning of the season, first game, but um, you know, I think that's to be expected. Um, but, you know, kind of pushing forward, you know, we've been kind of inching forward, you know, each game and, you know, getting better and better, you know, yeah. kind of, and losing those two bodies, two extra bodies on the defensive end was, you know, it was huge for us. But, you know, we've been really kind of getting the chemistry down with one another on defensive end and kind of really transitioned. And, you know, the offense has been clicking too as well, you know, right from the game one. Um, and everything's been kind of moving forward, you know, in a positive manner, you know, right from just getting to know one another again in the air and, um, you know, knowing where everyone's going to be on the floor and, you know, kind of pushing forward. But, I think it's something that's definitely um, we had the opportunity to, you know, be in that final game. But, you know, like we said, we always like to focus on, you know, game by game. And uh, that's something you have to do in, in today's game because, you know, in the National Cross League nowadays, it's, it's definitely the teams are getting, you know, better. They're starting to recognize, the, you know, the, the different opportunities on the floor. So, again, you know, for, for myself, you know, it's just something that's been, uh, you know, a huge experience and process being a part of the, um, you know, the organization. And as far as the, as far as my milestone is, it's one of the things I think back to is, um, you know, I just, I'm just so appreciative, um, you know, to my family and, you know, all the time put in in the backyard is just something that's, um, that is something you don't really think about every day. Um, but when those, uh, accomplishments come up, those opportunities come up, it's just something you think about, um, all the hard work that you put in because really, um, when it comes game time, that's the easy part. Um, you know, all the hard work, the sweat grueling part is, you know, behind it. And that's something that, um, you know, it's kind of unseen, you know, so for myself, um, I'm, just, I'm just so grateful um, to be able to play this this game of lacrosse and, you know, have those opportunities. And when that when that, and those opportunities come up and these compliments come up, it's something that makes it that much more special for myself uh, and part of my career. No doubt about it, man. Uh, hey, best of luck uh, down in Georgia against your brothers. I wish you could convince Lyle to take some face. I don't think people realize how good of a face-off guy Lyle is because he's probably practiced against you your entire life but he doesn't take many draws but man oh man would i love to see the two thompson brothers face off down in georgia uh i won't see it for a couple of weeks next time we do jared it'll be lacrosse day in saskatchewan so we'll look forward to that but best of luck against georgia and toronto previous to that and i uh, can't thank you enough for your time man uh and and we'll see you in saskatoon in a couple of weeks absolutely thanks take care all right jared thanks. Jeremy Thompson of Thompson Brothers Lacrosse in the Saskatchewan Rush. Uh, they will take on the Georgia Swarm this coming weekend. And then Toronto a week after that before they return home. Quick break here, and then we'll wrap things up here on the inaugural Rush Hour podcast. Stick around. You got it right here on Daytona Homes Rush Hour. Welcome back to Rush Hour. Just about done here on our inaugural 
episode here of the Rush Hour Podcast. Uh, thanks for sticking with me through the first one. Big thanks to Jeremy Thompson and Derek Keenan, and of course, Grandma Rush, for coming on the very first Rush Hour Podcast here. Uh, a quick look ahead to what's on the horizon here for the Saskatchewan Rush. They will play a couple of road games before they head back home to Saskatoon, uh, down to Georgia for a Sunday game in Gwinnett County to take on the Georgia Swarm, who are coming off of two straight losses, and Saskatchewan coming off of three straight wins, but a long trip down to Georgia, and always tough for those Western guys to make that long trip down to Atlanta to take on the Swarm, and you know they're going to be hungry for a victory, so going to be a tough test for Saskatchewan coming this weekend in Georgia. And then a week from then, so a week from this weekend, if you will, uh, they will take on the Toronto Rock and a number of players from Ontario, including the head coach and his son Ryan, hail from Ontario, Chris Corbeil, Kyle Rubish, a uh, number of Jordan Jones-Smith. I could go on. There are a number of Rush players from Ontario, so that's always a big deal to those guys to be able to play at home and uh, have their friends, their family in the stands to watch them play. And it's not the ACC anymore. The Scotiabank Center, I believe it's called, in Toronto now. Uh, and then, so, road games in Georgia and Toronto before they head back home. And it'll be Lacrosse Day in Saskatchewan, and they will take on their arch rivals uh, from Toontown. The Calgary Roughnecks will make their first appearance into Saskatchewan. That's always a fun time. Uh, some Roughnecks fans, I'm sure, will make the trip up. I know uh, Rush Hulk, my man, Rush Hulk is organizing uh, their annual bus trip to Calgary, and I'm hearing upwards of five buses getting ready to roll to Cowtown for when Saskatchewan goes to Calgary. So if uh, you're interested in joining in on the fun on that, uh, make sure you get in touch with Rush Hulk, and that will be a heck of a time. I'm actually going to be in Calgary for that game as well. Their only trip into Calgary for Saskatchewan this season, which is kind of weird because usually they play like 18 times a year, it seems like. But uh, just the one game in Calgary for Saskatchewan this year. And I'll have to call color side with my man, Dave Thomas. Uh, by the way, big shout out to my man, Dave Thomas, who helped me voice over the intro for this show. I'm not sure it's going to be up or not as I'm recording this before I actually have that intro. So it's going to seem weird if I'm talking about this and I don't actually have it uh, by the time that we release this podcast. <laughs> so hopefully I do. But a big thanks to uh, Dave Thomas for doing that, as I know he'll come through for me sooner than later. I mentioned the February 9th game against Calgary will be a lax day in Saskatchewan, uh, and I look forward to that. I, I haven't had a chance to be a part of that yet, but uh, I'm looking forward to that for sure. But make sure you get your tickets to Lacrosse Day in Saskatchewan on February 9th. You can find those tickets at Ticketmaster. A couple of housekeeping items before we get you on your way here after the inaugural edition of Rush Hour. Don't forget you can watch all the away games on BR Live. You can listen on 92.9 The Bull with Dave Thomas. I will be there for a couple of games as well. A big welcome to our new Rush sponsors, Mosaic, EPRA, of course, our title sponsor, Daytona Homes, Tourism Saskatchewan, Mindstar Group, 
Glassmasters, Keystone RV Company, McCatcher LLP, and Crow McKay. Big thanks to all our sponsors. Uh, couldn't make it happen without you. So thanks to you for that. And thanks to you, the listener, for checking out Rush Hour. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be back next month with another big episode. Thanks to Grandma Rush, Jeremy Thompson, Derek Keenan. And now we will get you on your way for the fastest game on two feet and for the creator. We'll talk to you next time here on Daytona Homes Rush Hour.